After conversion rate, our favorite key performance indicator to improve is customer lifetime value. And a great way to do that is by adding a loyalty points program to your store. It makes sense. Why not reward customers for choosing your store over others? Loyalty Points from Bold is the first true loyalty points app where customers earn points when they shop and redeem when they buy. It even displays your product prices with points, so customers are constantly reminded to think in terms of earning and redeeming points, creating intense loyalty in the process. Plus, it lets you offer bonus points on certain products to promote them. And it even creates loyalty member tiers that earn or redeem points at different rates, kind of like Costco. You can get an exclusive 60-day trial of loyalty points when you sign up at ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, recording from EtherCycle HQ in Skokie, Illinois. And I drove my absurd, impractical two-seater car to work today because I am a car guy. It is a problem. I'm addicted to car cane. I got, we got three cars right now and uh, we got Jaguar F-Type that occasionally, I like to use that as a, uh, an entertaining studio for the occasional videos I do. We've got a, a 2012 F-150 that I love. That thing, that's the road trip car. We got 33-inch tires on it. I've driven it on the beach in South Carolina. That's a lot of fun. And then we have an absolute basket case of a race car that is a boondoggle. It has broken down on the racetrack in the most embarrassing fashion possible, and I still love it because it is my race car. To that end, I am always thrilled when we get to work with a car brand, any automotive-related brand. We've worked with Jay Leno's Garage and Adam's Polishes um, and some aftermarket folks. One of our earliest was Blinder, the radar jammer people. Oh, my gosh. But last October, I get up, and I had, at that time, I still check my email on my phone in the morning, which is a terrible habit. Don't do it. And I stopped doing it, but I checked my email, and I got an email from none other than Hoonigan. So if you're a car guy already, this is like bells are going off with Hoonigan. And we'll, we'll explain what Hoonigan is. But I could not have been more excited because there's always like, if you're a designer, freelancer, agency owner, there's always some brand that early on you're like, man, I wish I could work with them. Well, this for me was one of those brands. And so we've been working together a while. I'm thrilled with it. But it's one of those things that you, it has, it's hard to understand until you've experienced it. Like 
My mother-in-law said, oh, what's new at work? I said, I'm working with this brand, this automotive lifestyle brand, Hoonigan. She goes, what's that? I was like, what the hell? And it was brutal to attempt to explain it to someone who's not in the know. Anyway, they do uh, a tremendous business and are phenomenal content creators. Uh, Years ago, they had literally the number one most viewed video on YouTube. They have an audience in uh, the millions. We will get into that. Joining me today is... Ron Zaris, a man who has somehow snuck his way into the ranks of automotive media. He started life as an automotive journalist slash intern directly out of college, working for Zero to 60 magazine. That's so cool. I loved Zero to 60 magazine was short-lived. It was a quarterly, and it was like everything in my 20s that I wanted out of a automotive magazine. Um, and with that experience, Ron learned that he could sustain a living telling automotive stories. And he's been attempting to do so ever since. So after an eight-year stint working directly for Ken Block, none other, under the Hoonigan Racing Division banner, he moved over to Hoonigan Industries' home base in LBC to help evolve their marketing in both media and apparel segments. Mr. Ron Zaris, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's always nice to work with a fellow carcane addict. Yes. Oh, it's a, a brutal and terrible expensive addiction. I don't <laughs> recommend it. Um, yeah. So the, well, let's start easy. What the hell is Hoonigan? At the end of the day, Hoonigan is an automotive lifestyle brand. And, you know, what we do and what we create beyond that is just a different channel to tell that story and kind of share that culture. To get a, a better handle on that. Yeah. If I were to go to Hoonigan.com, what's there? What do I see? If you go to Hoonigan.com, there's apparel, there's video media, and there's written media. So really, at the very, very base of it, we create daily content, we create videos, um, and we sell apparel. In a traditional sense, it's media publishing, a lot of, you, uh, a lot of video. Uh, give me the stats on the audience. How many people, how many subscribers you got on YouTube? This is going to blow people away. So total, with all of our channels included now, we're at around 3.2, 3.3 million subscribers across the board. And that's just, that's YouTube strictly. And if we throw, like, Instagram in there? Uh, if you start throwing Instagram, Facebook, everything, and some of our athletes and stuff like that, I mean, you're starting to bump on, like, the 15, 20 million person that's, audience. That's crazy. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, massive audience, especially when you, like, across um, these multiple channels. So if I – there's a, a ton of content. There is lifestyle apparel in there, so it's, like, shirts, stickers, uh, jackets, just all kinds of fun stickers and things you can wear. And I must admit, I do wear it. I, it's fun because um, it's a meat like it's not like traditional car culture clothes where it's like an airbrushing of a Corvette and a Route 66 sign. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's stuff you would not be embarrassed to wear. Um, it looks cool. It's like street, a uh, little street culture inspired. And then it, so it's an easy way to say like, hey, I'm. I'm a car guy, but not be like, you know, look like, uh, uh, you know, like a dad with the Corvette and the the denim hat and that garbage. You hit the nail on the head with that one. And and that's that's really how this was all born. Right. So, you know, we were all young guys. We were in the automotive at the time uh, coming out of zero to 60 magazine. We started working with Ken Block really closely. And Ken at the time. Tell us who Ken Block is for people who don't know. um, Ken Block at the time I'd met him, he founded DC shoes, started that whole business. So, and he had sold it, I believe. Yeah. I think he had sold it by the time. So 
this guy had gotten into race cars and cars as a hobby after starting this entire like action sports changing game changing business with DC shoes that he co-founded with Damon way. Um, so that was the cool thing. Cause this dude that was from this, one of the coolest snow and skate and BMX brands on the board had gotten into cars. And what he found was the same exact thing we found is that, wow, car guys, I don't want to say they don't have style. They have their very own specific style, but it hadn't evolved and it wasn't necessarily fun in a way. So what we, what we saw was there was a lot of a youth that were into cars and weren't really into the apparel, like exactly what you say, like airbrushed Corvettes at the drive-in on like a floral print shirt, which, you know, once again, nothing against that, but that's what their dads wore. And they didn't want to wear the same, like nobody wears the same thing that their dad wears. You know, you're trying to be your individual style and be your own person. So what we noticed was a lot of these kids were also into skateboarding, also into snowboarding. And we said, why don't we merge all these cultures together, all the stuff that, you know, that's our background, that's our lifestyle, and bring those, those patterns, those attitudes, all that kind of stuff into automotive apparel. And thus was born Hoonigan. So Ken Block uh, owned DC Shoes, which was very into like skate culture and BMX, and had some really great riders they sponsored, um, yep. like Rob Deerdick, who that guy is a whirlwind. And the and then as Ken sold the DC Shoes to, I think it was Nike, right? Uh, it was Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Okay. Then they moved to he as his own interest and in hobby starts getting into car culture and racing. Uh, and liked he popped up on Top Gear and was doing like snow and ice racing because he was in uh, Park City, Utah, right? Uh, yeah, well, he got into rally racing. Rally racing. He, he was a motocross guy, and then rally caught his eye because you know there's a saying with age comes a cage. So uh, <laughs> he got into four wheels and rally because Travis Pastrana, you know, famous motocross rider, he was super into the rally thing, and he kind of looped Ken into it. Ken had always been a fan from the outside. But he never knew that in America it was so easily accessible and you could just go and do it, do an arrive and drive. So, yeah, Travis looped Ken in to the, uh, to the rally thing and the bug bit, and he went from there. Skate culture, especially because of skateboard decks, really, like, dripping in style. Uh, so he started applying that stuff, that creative eye to racing in forms of, like, ridiculous car liveries, right? And that started gaining some attention there. Yes, exactly. I mean, he came out, you know, I think one of his first ever liveries, and you got to remember, this was like 2004, 2005. He did what's called the gumball rally, right. which is, uh, you know, a bunch of very affluent people going out and racing supercars all over, you know, whatever location. But what Ken did was, you know, kind of the punk move. Instead of doing a supercar, he just took a Subaru uh, STI and put an all camo livery on it, built it up to like 500 horsepower, squatted up with his friends in the same pattern cars, but in different colors. I think Rob Deerdick was one of them. And they just took over. All of the photos were just of their cars and all the story was about them. Cause it's like, who are these skate dudes that have come in with these full liveried out cars and like a squad concept and you know, the same wheel, but in different colors for each car. So that was kind of the first real sample of bringing that, you know, kind of attitude and mentality to cars. And it 
So it's a hit. From there, how do we end up at Gymkhana? It's actually kind of a funny story. So Ken was super into the rally thing, but what he noticed was he really liked going sideways. He liked throwing the car around, but that's not necessarily the fastest way around the corner. You know, and racing cars is so expensive that when you show up and you go to race, it's all business. You know, you you get there to your test, you know, your tires are limited, your fuel's limited, your uh, the life on your engine and all that. So you go, you do your test laps, they get the data, then you go home. There's no real time to just kind of mess around with the car and throw it around and just have pure fun. So Ken built this car uh, literally just with the idea of throwing it sideways, doing donuts, like just letting out all that like fun, aggressive driving type behavior on a race course, of course. But um, yeah, he built this fun car. So they recorded it at El Toro. It was a airfield in LA. And they were like, oh, this video is kind of rad. Let's put an edit together and throw it up on my website. You know, whatever. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think a day or two later, he gets the most massive bandwidth bill from his uh, <laughs> ISP. That's like a phenomenal, phenomenal bill. And he's like, what? What's going on right now? What, what is this? And they're like, yeah, you've gotten like five or six million hits on your website. I don't know. It seems like everybody's just watching this one video. And uh, Gymkhana was kind of born from that. The So like a meet, it became, went from like, all right, here's a fun thing and let's share it with people to, yep. um, you know, b- because we can and but it like it really it's very it's just pure joy it's just pure fun there's no like we're not racing for a reason we're not trying to be number one it's just about really like racing is an art form it's very much like even a less structured crazier version of drifting in that sense um and so it lends itself really well to these like amazing videos they put that online and it like it's instant validation they know immediately they have a tiger by the tail based on that that bandwidth bill from there they're like all right we're setting this out to do like clearly there's something here let's keep going with this by the time i think jib kind of two rolls out on youtube that's the number one becomes the number one video viewed on youtube that year correct uh that i'm not sure about i'm 100 percent sure it was the number one viewed automotive uh video on youtube at the time but um it's funny to watch the evolution of jim kind practice that's what we called the first one that was like ken and six dudes on uh, you know, on an airfield, just kind of fucking around and having fun. You watch the second one. That one was fully produced by DC Shoes. There's this fully concepted out intro at the beginning with apparel, gloves, shoes, all that, and all this stuff that tied in to the graphics on the car. Okay. And the pro- progression there in that intro is super interesting, and there's so much time and effort that goes into that alone. That like. Gymkhana 2 was Ken realizing, oh, wow, I've created an insane marketing platform for DC and the automotive division of DC. Like, let's see how far we could take this. Gymkhana 2, the YouTube video, was described as the most viral video of 2009. Ah, um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the phrase. Yeah, and the right now yes. it's got 50 million views on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, those were very, very different times on YouTube, and I can go into a whole five-hour conversation just on YouTube algorithms and how they've changed over the years. But at the time, 
that was so different to see a car doing that kind of stuff and and wrapped up in those types of graphics and that whole package was just so mind-blowing and keep in mind at the time for me i was still in school i was a full-on ken block fanboy when gymkhana 2 came out me and all my buddies sat around the computer oh yeah like actual like crt monitor computer and watched it and we're like this dude is insane like whatever yeah all those other guys racing rally america that's cool i don't even remember who won the last race but this ken block dude is doing crazy shit he's doing the handbrake turns and donuts and backwards entries and look at his car look at his graphics like this is sick man it was, was smart to do it in a subaru like he always all the cars have always been up until recently have always been like stuff where you could picture it as accessible because like realistically yes. like you at this when these videos were out i had a used subaru sti <laughs> that i r ice raced amateur and i thought like so this guy instantly becomes your hero like it's just utterly amazing i mean could have done exit made it easily could have made exactly the same video and afforded it twice with a lamborghini it would not be the same right um, exactly so like there's always what's so and we'll get into it what's so clever about hoonigan is it always makes it feel like it's accessible like you it a lot of the videos always feel like these are the great lunch conversations i had with my car guy friends you know in high school or college where we're just like man what if you got like this car and you did this and that'd be you know put this engine in it. like that's what a lot of your videos are it's like the most ridiculous stuff um and we'll get into it okay so at what point do you get involved when does ron go from ken block fanboy to hey I'm now like I'm I'm kicking it with Ken Block. That was around 2010. So I had been interning at Zero to Sixty Magazine for about a year, and Brian Scotto was the uh, the editor in chief of Zero to Sixty, and he was already friends with Ken because he actually did the Gumball Rally with him previously. Um, and if you look at Jim Connor One, the very first one. It says the intro is as seen in Zero to Sixty magazine because Ken at the time was still navigating the automotive world and he found Brian Scotto and he said, you know what, this guy, he gets it. He's also got a snowboarding background. He's cool. He understands that cars can be this fun, youthful thing instead of just, you know, what your dad's into. I'm going to have him help me navigate this automotive space. Ken started his own team and he said, I need a director of marketing. You know, I'm going to be doing the racing, designing, all that kind of stuff. I need help. So he takes on Brian. Brian comes on. This is the beginning of 2010. They shift over to Ford. Brian hits me up. I was still at the magazine and he says, uh, I need help, dude. We, this, is, this is a runaway train. This is so much work. This is going some crazy places. You need to come on board and just help me out as an assistant. All I knew what to do at the time was just write. I was strictly a writer. I was like, all right, whatever, man. Yeah, I'll come over. He's like, all right, we need to start um, We need to start a Twitter page. We need to start a YouTube channel. We need to start all this stuff from ground zero. Zero followers, zero anything. Here, take over Ken's Facebook page. It's got 25,000 followers. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm game. He's like, all right, let's just start doing daily content on here. So... Around mid-2010, I start working full-time. What's the Hoonigan name? Where does it come from? So we were doing pre-production for Gymkhana 3, the one in France with the banks and everything. 
And uh, right around that time, Ken and Brian had started having just some phone calls about, hey, you know, we have DC, we have the automotive division of DC. But Ken said, you know, I think we could take this further. I think we can create an actual brand that speaks to the kids that we're speaking to right now. He, he felt that kids needed that automotive brand with attitude and good design and just that fun kind of aura about them. So, you know, in Australia, what they call a person that drives aggressively and does burnouts and everything, they call them a hoon. A hoon, yeah. Short for hoon, hooligan. Yeah, it's like, it's, per, it's derogatory, it's pejorative, and they even have uh, what they call anti-hoon laws because yes. hooning is so per- pervasive in Australia. Exactly. But the, the people themselves, the car people, call themselves hoons. It's like a, you know, almost a word of pride. So we said, why don't we take that negative thing, but take the attitude of it and like, what is, like, what is that person here? It's, oh, well, it's a hoonigan. And thus was born the name. We created a logo in Microsoft Word uh, because it was just an easy to replicate letterhead, which was bracket, Hoonigan all caps, and bracket. We turned that into a sticker. We put it on the side of Ken's car in Gymkhana 3, and nothing beyond that. That's, that's all we did. One sticker right by the driver's side window. Made the video, Gymkhana 3, runaway success. I mean, that was getting like 5 million views a week for weeks on end. And all the comments were, what's Hoonigan? What's that sticker? What, what is that thing? I want to I know more about that. I want to be that. I want to... I don't know what that is. Oh, I remember it. It was, yeah, they call it uh, the sensor bar. It was like this big blocked out stencil logo. And you knew, like, and the name sounded like Hooligan. Like, you knew immediately there was something there. Exactly. Exactly. So that was kind of our, I don't even know how premeditated it was, but it was kind of our attempt to, let's see what people think of this word and just this sticker and this perceived attitude. And, the interest was just there. We're like, all right, well, let's try making a sticker or two. Let's try making a t-shirt. And from then on, it just became this runaway train of, you know, evolving from one sticker and two shirts to the thing that it is today. Hold up. We'll hear more after this quick break. Support for this podcast comes from Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your Shopify store. It works with your existing email and chat tools, so setup is quick and easy. Simpler provides on-demand, U.S.-based customer service specialists to answer your customers' most common questions. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat with 24-7 Simpler specialists. Find out more at simpler.ai. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I. And now, back to the show. Hit me. So what I, I love about this is the commonality to all of these merchant journeys and stories we hear, like they all start with someone's passion or interest or hobby. And they see like, man, you know what? I could do this different. I could do this a little uh, better. I could do this my way. They see a need. And that's what was happening here was it was like a a genuine interest turned into, oh, okay, well, people are interested. And I see, we're starting to see a need here, which is like, man, let's just have fun. You know, racing, it's too serious turning then that becomes a brand which then becomes a full-on movement and we've like (laughs) that's what was going on and what was really cool is you know being a part of that early on and then later 
this year, we, we surveyed the Hoonigan customer base, and it became immediately obvious in reading those responses that it's like cult movement. When people r- engage with a brand at this level, when they make purchases, they don't see it as purchases. They're like, I'm supporting this thing that I love. And that's what's yep. so cool about it. Okay, so every year since, right, you've made a Jim Connor video has launched, has done you know millions and millions of views, and but the brand has grown beyond. So jumping forward, because I love this story, now you're doing even more than ever on YouTube. How many YouTube shows are you guys producing? Oh man, well we have uh, well five five YouTube channels currently. That's just channels, and about to be six and any multitude of shows that move in and out between all those. But I think at any given point in time, I think it's safe to say we have about 10 to 13 shows that we have. Jeez. So you are as much... What, what's so fascinating about Hoonigan is it's like, it's automotive brand, it's the media machine, and you can see it in the end title card of any of the videos. It's Hoonigan Media Machine. So you guys are just producing the craziest content. Give me, like, as an example for people, give me... Uh, an example of my favorite show, Scumbag Labs. What's mm-hmm. this, Scumbag Labs is basically MythBusters for car guys, <laughs> but like the most perfect. ridiculous thing you could come up with. It's like, can we build? Can, does Ram Air work? And can we just take that to its logical conclusion of the entire front of the car is like a giant air intake? Uh, or what happens if we reverse the steering wheel? That was. I could see your brain breaking in that video. Um, give me an example of your, your favorite Scumbag Labs video. Uh, my favorite one, you know, I may be a little bit biased, but was the anti-tailgating one we did with oh. the lights pointing backwards. So we, Scumbag Labs is literally the, the not personification, but it's actually going out and doing those stupid conversations you have with your friends. Yes, at a bar or on your couch or wherever, like, hey, man, what would happen if dot, dot, (laughs) dot? So we had those same exact conversations, but then we're like, well, we have a little bit of budget. Let's scour Craigslist. Let's buy a beater and let's just make it happen and see what actually happens when we do these things. So, you know, people are always like, oh, man, tailgaters. I hate tailgaters. You know what, man? What if I put some crazy set of lights on the back of my car. So whenever someone's tailgating me, I just blast them with these, these like God level of lumens. And we're like, all right, let's try it out. And uh, so I was the chase car behind however many millions of lumens of light. And it was pitch black outside, no lights on, no anything. I'm trying to follow my buddy Vinny. We're going through a race course at like, who knows how fast, 60, 70 miles an hour in nothing. Like you could barely see your hand in front of your face. And then he blasts me with these beams. And so it's just this ridiculous scenario of I'm just, I can't see anything but these lights, but I hear his car and I'm full throttle. And it was just so, so much fun and such ridiculous banter around it. And that's the beauty of it is it's just like, there's no, should we do this? Is this reasonable? No, it's just what would happen if, and it's all like, and it's done in a controlled safe manner, but the, the level of ridiculousness and the fun it's just great. And so that, that becomes contagious. What does a typical video like that get in terms of views? So Scumbag Labs was an exception. Uh, you know, that was kind of, a, you know, in sales terms, I guess you could call it a top of funnel type video. That was, it's the least niche type video we do. So those would range on average around 600,000 views. Whoa. 
and all the way up to our most successful one, which is launching an all-wheel drive car in soap. That one's at about 7 million views right now. And how often are you publishing YouTube content? Every single day, except Sunday. But we also have the bonus channel, which sometimes comes out on Sunday. So yeah, every, every day of the week, one of our channels is putting out a video. And some days, two videos on two different channels. And you've got a lot of um, so there's there's quite a few uh, on screen talent. We'll say you're you're one of those those guys, and then the cars themselves become part of the the personas and characters as well. Like everybody, my favorite, of course, is um, Tor- I'm sorry, Torque Stallion. Torque Stallion is my favorite. The yeah. uh, the the wonderful kitted out Nissan that is like delightfully garish. So the <laughs> okay, but what's clever there is the on screen talent. Is also staff. Like they're not just yeah. there to be talent. Your job, like you're often in these videos, you're always in scumbag labs. You're also marketing director. Like you were <laughs> this is part of your full time job. This is just one yeah. of your responsibilities. How did that come about? I would love to say that it was this gigantic master plan, uh, but it really wasn't. You know, Hoonigan at its beginning, and for a long time, <clears throat> for a long time, it was just an apparel brand, and that's it. So it was an apparel brand and it was in Long Beach and they were selling clothes. They were doing Instagram stuff. They were doing Facebook stuff. But we found that our location and where we were and what we started becoming in automotive culture is people started coming by and being like, hey man, can I just come do a burnout with you guys? (laughs) I have this sick car or whatever. So we started putting out just silly, silly daily videos where somebody would come by some famous car builder, race car driver, whoever. And we're like, yeah, man, let's film this for Instagram or let's toss it up on Facebook or, you know what? Let's just start vlogging this because these stories are kind of crazy that like Chris Reese of Social Distortion, the drummer of Social D, came by in his, you know, uh, Pantera that he just bought. And he stopped by just to talk to us for a bit. Like, we should be, we should be covering this. But it was such... I don't want to say an afterthought, but it was such a, like, we didn't want to step on any of the big media we were doing around Ken or racing or anything. Like, you know what? Let's make these vlogs. Let's just put them up at midnight so they don't mess with any of the important stuff. Midnight could just be us fucking around on YouTube. And that spawned into the full-on media machine you see today. So... Because it was just us messing around in between doing actual work, these characters that are our employees were born because every day kids were seeing, oh, you know, Vinny, who's in sales, he's going out and, you know, he's drifting this beater BMW we have in the yard. And so it all really boils down to everybody in that building at the time genuinely, genuinely lived the automotive brand, automotive lifestyle, you know any startup, it's so much work and so much time dedication and just ups and downs emotionally that if you're not actually living and and enjoying the experience of what you're doing, it's not, it's not really going to pan out. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. You need that passion and you need that authenticity. And that's what comes through in all of those videos is like, yeah, the Jim Connor videos are planned and polished and expensive yeah. and gorgeous and then it's and it gets a ton of attention but then it's also tempered with like these very accessible videos that are just 
hey, like this is portrait mode on a smartphone and this is a thing that's going on in the office today. And so it sort of became like this behind the scenes look um, early on. So it really, it was so genuine and engaged people. And to your point, the magic is you loved it. So you lived it, like your career, passion, interest, like all of those things overlapped. When you have a business like that, just share that joy, that passion with people in like an unbridled way where you don't get obsessed with, well, you know, the, we didn't record this in 4K and I need to color grade it. Not just shoot it and upload it, man. People can relate to it and we'll love you for it. And what we started noticing, you know, it was never from the very beginning, it was never a plan of like, all right, let's make this video content because that's a good way to reach more customers. It was, dude, this is fun. Let's just share the hilariousness with other people. And what we started noticing was that, you know, we would make a video and the shirt that somebody was making in that video, all of a sudden sales on that shirt alone would spike, like skyrocket, sold out. And we're like, whoa, wait a second. This is, yeah, this makes sense. This is a full-on marketing vehicle. I, I love how unintentional, how accidental it is. Yeah, in a way, you know, we knew by making content and, and showing our lifestyle that, yeah, of course. you know, it, it wasn't a complete accident, but also at the same time, we weren't like, let's use this to market. Yeah, you're like, this is cool. They'll appreciate it. And hey, let's put on our own, let's put on our own gear for this video. Yeah, which we would be wearing anyway, because we're stoked on whatever new shirt came out or, you know, anything. Clearly, your your skill set, your mastery is in content marketing is in YouTube. And we're talking about like, yeah, just make it like whatever, just upload shit. At the same, let's put it in perspective to temper that. You're doing that. At the same time, you guys got nominated for Emmys plural, correct? That's right. Three three separate daytime Emmy awards for Jim Connor files. And that's a, a Jim Connor went from YouTube to the slightly bigger screen. You jumped to um, a streaming series on Amazon Prime. Yep, an eight part docu series covering the creation of Jim Connor Ten. But it it speaks to like what happens when you consistently create something when you just keep showing up reliably what could come out of it like did mm-hmm. anyone would they uh when they created that first video the the practice video and it suddenly overnight gets five million views they didn't expect that but they a hundred i you better believe not a single person ever expected to hey about 10 years from now you're gonna get nominated for three emmys for yeah, doing it, exactly this mind-blowing yeah not, not anywhere near the the company trajectory that we would have panned out years ago, but in a way it makes sense. It, yeah. Like, and that's, again, it's that, that passion. Um, and along the way, like I would imagine probably 99% of, of people on the team. Well, how big is that team now? Uh, at Hoonigan, the apparel division, I want to say it's around just under 40 people. Okay. And like I would imagine most people are familiar with it. They're passionate about it. They're there because they love it initially. 100%. I mean, you know, that's exactly it. You you have to be passionate about it to work there. You know, it, it, you go in and you talk to these people. And the fun thing is, is that we have non-car guys that come in now. You know, editors or somebody that works in the warehouse and whatever. They don't know anything about cars or, or just at a very, very basic level. But they love the attitude and the lifestyle. 
and they stick around and they start learning about stuff. So the guy that sits next to me, our editor, Kyle, he was a farm boy from Michigan. And now he knows how to weld a steel front bumper for an off-road van. Huh. You know, like it, it just, it sucks you in. And if you have the passion for it, you, you'll succeed. It's, it's such a creative space and having like visited the HQ, it's like controlled chaos. Just none. Oh, yeah. there's stuff going on everywhere. Multiple you know, projects, initiatives, just, it, just craziness. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's like, well, here's another video and another video and it never stops. Um, yeah. So very few people on the planet have as much social media experience as you since you've been doing it so long or at a scale that you've been operating at, which is totally, totally nuts. So, Walk us through, like, man, in this time, how has how has YouTube and social media changed uh, in that time, and what what doesn't work that used to, and and what do you think works now? And really, like, ultimately, I think I'm asking, how have you? What's been responsible for your your success? What separates your content from everybody else in this space? Because a lot of people are doing this now. Are you trying to squeeze all my deep dark secrets for social media? Yeah, throw them out. I need it. <laughs> Well, the biggest issue these days, and for the past, I want to say three years, is just straight up noise. You know, when we first started doing this stuff, Gymkhana 2, Gymkhana 3, even to a certain extent, Gymkhana 4, there wasn't really anybody else doing that type of stuff in that space. Not even to any level, not even like a, a, a grassroots level. So, in a way, it was super easy for us back then because it was so different. It was so visually jarring that like, you know, obviously we worked really, really hard about the marketing, the messaging and everything. Um, but it, it, it was a lot easier to reach. It, it was a lot easier to go viral. I'll just say that. Um, the issue these days is I don't really know if viral exists anymore. You know what I mean? Because there's just so, so much. I mean, every day you have so many more millions and millions of hours uploaded to YouTube every day. And some of that stuff is really, really good. So really across all social media, you know, every platform on social is just a different way to talk to people and a different way to reach people. So my advice has always been, you know, step back and find your message and find your attitude and just be genuine to that. And that will kind of lead you based on whatever platform you decide to go on. That should always be your North Star of what you're doing is who am I as a company? What message do I want to put out to the people? And what I'm really, really noticing now is that kids gravitate to whatever seems to be the most genuine and the least scripted and just the most organic in a way. They want it real. They want it real, 100%. Because, you know, a lot of these kids that we're talking to, they were born into an era of such rampant advertising. I mean, they would wake up in the morning and you're just blasted with ads on the radio, the TV, your computer, all that. So there's so much noise that uh, it's, it's hard to cut through. So you're saying that it's a more crowded space than ever. Everyone is uploading endlessly to YouTube. The thing that stands out is authenticity authenticity is is 100 you know anything we do the the very base question whether it's something we put on facebook something we put on instagram youtube how can we genuinely reach our customer where we're talking with them 
not at them. Like, what do you think is the key there? Uh, I mean, the key for us, without getting you know too uh, too into the secrets, is I mean, we genuinely live this stuff. Like, if you think about a crowd of people, and there's you know a soapbox or a stage or something, we're not trying to be on that stage. We're trying to be in the crowd. We're hanging out with these kids. We're going to track days on the weekends when we do our burnyard bashes, which are these full-on like public car shows that we do at Irwindale Speedway. Scotto and I, Brian Scotto, the co-founder of the company, we're sitting in the grandstands next to these kids that are freaking out because they've been watching him on YouTube for two years. Hmm. So it's really for us. We love the culture dearly and we do car stuff i mean we'll wrench on our cars until two in the morning after work hours are done just because we genuinely are passionate about this stuff so as a result you know we're we're more way more so in with the people and they they trust us and they trust that we're not going to sell them something that's you know whack or just not original or true to to who we are they know that what we put out is going to be genuinely what we like and think is cool. That's beautiful. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, it's great advice. Uh, give me your favorite project or campaign you've worked on. Scumbag Labs, 100%. I, it's so much fun. It's like, <laughs> it's Mythbusters for just silly car stuff. It's great. Uh, I'll link right to it. I'll put it in the show notes so people can jump straight to it. But the, the second one, sorry if, uh, you know, not to be repetitive from the last time we talked about Scumbag Labs, there is a show we have called Garage Garage, which is like a rip on, you know, like a Discovery Channel Monster Garage or something. <laughs> we took a children's race car bed and made it an actual race vehicle. Oh, this we is the funniest thing ever. Engine into it. And I got to drive that thing at a go-kart track. And it was the most hilarious experience personally that I may have ever had on four wheels. I'm putting that in the show notes. I'll look straight to garage garages, race car bed episode. And I was, I happened to, when I visited a Hoonigan HQ, the, uh, the donut shop, it was the race car bed. It was like right there. You guys were showing it to me. And I mean, like, I just start laughing cause it's so fantastic. and so absurd. And like, and that, that's right. Like Hoonigan in a nutshell is like, Hey, we made a real running race car bed. Why? Because we could, cause that, it's funny. And like anyone who's into it immediately gets it is like, all right, these guys are cool. Yeah. In the social media space, who else is getting it right? Who, who else do you look to as like, man, this guy's, these guys are great. Uh, Steph Papadakis. He used to build uh, drag cars. Now he builds drift cars, but he just started doing his engine rebuilds on YouTube just because he was doing them anyway. So he's like, ah, why don't I, you know, show the people how to rebuild a, a two JZ engine out of a Supra. And it's like this oddly calming, like, I feel like if I didn't even know what was going on, I would just seeing bolts go together and like clicking of torque wrenches and stuff. It's, it's phenomenal content. And that's born of a place of that stuff doing race car builds. Cause that's what he does. He doesn't really stand to gain much from, you know, having millions of views on YouTube, but he does it so well and with such passion that I think he, he kills it at that. And what's, in social media, what is one thing you wish every content marketer out there would do? Give me the one thing. I would say just showing more of, you know, if they're actually in it and they're passionate about it, just show more behind the scenes. Show more of who you guys actually are, what you actually do. Because, you know, the the nice polished stuff up front, yeah, every business needs that. 
But really, it's the human interest side of it that interests me, interests you, interests people, and gives you that connection to that brand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's again, it's always it's a it's personal branding, and I think that's a lot of what you've done is just take like personal branding to the extreme, uh, yep. and it has it has paid off and worked so well. All right, final closing thought: uh, If you want to check out Hoonigan.com and their apparel. We have in the show notes a coupon code for 20% off uh, your, your Hoonigan apparel purchases. Check it out. Mr. Ron Zaris, where could people go to learn more about you? About me personally, uh, yeah. Instagram is at Ron Carr, R-O-N-C-A-R. That story has a, yeah, that nickname has a story on its own, but yes, it's Ron and Carr in it. Ron Carr, I will, Instagram at Ron Carr, I will link to it, and I, I have followed this account forever because I started with just like looking for the zero to 60 guys and be like around the time that Hootigan started and I was following Ron forever and then suddenly like put together, oh my gosh, this is the same damn guy I've been following. And that was a, a cool small world moment. Uh, okay, Ron, this has been phenomenal, uh, especially like I know we've got some car guys in the audience, so I hope they they enjoyed this um, and I hope our everybody else got value out of out of the journey um, and your social media advice. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you again for everything you do. And thank you for having me. And yeah, thanks for everybody for listening. A quick listener note for the Shopify partners working in the Shopify ecosystem alongside us. Paul and I will be attending Shopify Unite this year. We attend every year recording interviews with you fine folks so that we can analyze what are the important impactful bits coming out of Unite for the next 12 months in the Shopify space. And the day after, Friday, June 21st, we will be attending Debrief, hosted by my friend Kier Whitaker. It is the essential post-Unite gathering. I'll be there speaking on a panel. Tickets are only $35. The event is over half sold out. So if you're going to grab a ticket, do it now, debriefevent.com. That's debriefevent.com, and I hope to see you there. One final note before we go. I wanted to remind you about the one Shopify theme my agency has used more than any other. It's called Turbo by Out of the Sandbox. And as its name implies, it's built for speed. But that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable, feature-packed theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates. Calling it a theme doesn't do it justice. I think of it as a rapid prototyping tool for Shopify stores. And I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks. And if you don't love it, Out of the Sandbox will give you a full refund. To check it out now, go to ethercycle.com turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's ethercycle.com turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, the unofficial ShopifyPodcast.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including some details you might have missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them, and thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, and produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. 
If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.